0: Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who was in downtown Cleveland. He got to see the Cavs' Knicks last night, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Look, it it was a fun game. Really, really fun game. Uh, The Cavs didn't pull it out. Uh, Truthfully, don't care that much. I know a lot of the Cleveland fans are like, No, why are you rooting for the Cavs? I mean, I wanted them to win, but they didn't. Who cares? It's fine. Uh, and the Knicks were the better team that day. But nevertheless, it was really, really fun. Playoff basketball is uh, its a fun one, Trevor. It's real fun to watch. Um, guys really... I mean, like, I know they want to win in general, but like you can tell it obviously means a lot different uh, in the playoffs for them. So the game was really, really entertaining to to watch. Um, no Ben today again, unfortunately. Uh, we're very sad about this. Hopefully he comes on for the next one. Uh, we got the NFL draft coming up soon. Uh, and, obviously, we'd love to talk about that with him. Uh, but, look, Trevor, we got uh, another exciting episode, uh, a little late on the topic department. But the in-depth department, uh, it's, we're going to go in-depth in some stuff. Uh, and I know you're excited to talk about a couple of the series that have already kicked off in the NBA. Before we get to the NBA, though, Trevor, uh, we got to at least touch on the Masters. we gotta, we got to talk about, about it a little bit. Um, as it did finish uh, this past weekend, we had John Rom take the win, uh, minus 12 in total. Um, Brooks Koepka with an epic collapse I think that generally Everyone was kind of rooting for Uh, I don't think we want to see the live guys win particularly Um, And uh, Brooks Koepka did not win Jon Rahm took it home At minus 12 Trevor, any uh, Masters thoughts uh, From this past weekend?
0: Yeah, I think from my own uh, point of view, I was happy that John Rahm won. Uh, you know, John Rahm, he seems to be, I mean, again, we I don't follow golf year-round. Neither of us really do. You know, we try to keep up on the big tournaments such as the Masters. And John Rahm, he's always right at the top. He's definitely one of the be- better golfers um, in the world right now, and he's been that for the past couple years. <laughs> Just another impressive performance from him. Uh, winning, I believe. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say it's it. It's definitely not his first major. I know he's won at least one other one before. So another major win for John Rahm. Yeah. Big performance um, on Sunday, uh, getting you know at three under. So really big performance from him. And Phil Mickelson also he had a huge performance uh, to get tied for second with Brooks Koepka um, at eight under. So. A pretty big performance from Phil Mickelson as well. That was a little bit surprising to me, um, seeing how well he performed. Um, But you know, I I don't have a ton of other thoughts. Obviously, Jordan Spieth, you know, he's usually near the top a lot of the time. He was tied for fourth, Um, but that's pretty much it. Really good win for John Rahm, and he's he's just he's awesome. He's really good at the sport.
1: Yeah, it seems like uh, it seems like John Rahm might be the best player in the world right now. It's not because he won this. Uh, this event necessarily it just seems like he's uh he's he's you know day in day out every weekend he just seems like he's getting top five placements um and obviously he took the the win here so not a lot to say on the masters but we you know we got to mention it's the masters um we, it's just a must um you know and obviously until next year for the masters which is always a very enjoyable weekend for golf fans but trevor look we are we're, we just started the uh the nba playoffs we had um, you know some of the planned games, but we had the the first the actual first round yesterday started. We had four games yesterday. We have four more today, um, and there's there's a lot of exciting storylines headlines in the NBA. I know we're gonna go in depth. We're gonna talk about each series a little bit here. Uh, but what series do you want to start with?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll kind of go through each series. We'll make our series predictions. I know that games have already happened, but I. I made my predictions before uh, the game started yesterday, tweeted out my predictions. So I'll have those, I'll mention them. Um, let's start out with the first series that we saw, or yeah, the first game that we saw yesterday, which was the Sixers against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, pretty easy win for the Philadelphia 76ers. James Harden was very good yesterday, 23 points, 13 assists. He made 7 of his 13 threes. So just an awesome performance from James Harden, a guy who is often criticized for you know some of his past performance in the play playoffs. playoffs has a really good game one Joel Embiid you know pretty solid performance nothing crazy but 26 points five rebounds you know Brooklyn was really they were really trying to double uh and beat a lot and obviously that did not work out too well as James Harden was was really good with distributing the ball you had Tobias Harris step up he had all of his threes 21 points so just a pretty much a wire-to-wire win for Philly they played very well you know Cal Bridges he tried to do all he could for Brooklyn. He had 30 points, five rebounds, but Philly is the better team. Um, my series prediction for this one was uh, the 76ers in five games, um, and it could even be a sweep. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a sweep, but my prediction is the Sixers in five. Um, but that's pretty much all I have to say on on this game. You know, it wasn't a super entertaining game throughout. It was it was kind of a blowout. Uh, Brandon, any thoughts on this game yesterday or the series in general?
1: Yeah, so my prediction in this series, I- I'm also going with a little 4-1-5 game win uh, for the 76ers. I just don't think the Nets are that great uh, and the Sixers will be able to take this one. Um, obviously, the, the Nets kind of sold out a little bit here uh, this season, you know, got rid of Kyrie, got rid of Durant. Um, they still have good players. You know, Mikel Bridges is a good player. Um, you know, they-, they got other guys who are good, uh, but they don't have a ton of great players and I think that's going to hurt them against uh, Joel Embiid in the S- Sixers. I-, I agree with you. I, I could easily see this. Uh, you know, ending up being a four-game series. But I I think somewhere along the lines here, uh, the Nets will grab a game, uh, and it'll be a a, a gentleman's sweep, uh, as the kids say these days, Trevor. Uh, The Sixers will take it in 4-1 fashion. Yeah,
0: and you know, people were concerned, and I think this was... A thing that we saw um, near the end of the season, Harden, he had a little bit of a minor injury. But this game is a really good sign for, I think, Philly fans, the Sixers in general, that he played really well. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on that, just just looking at Harden, uh, making sure he's 100%. Obviously, this series, I don't think will be too difficult for them, but obviously, um, you know— Whoever they play in that next series is going to be pretty tr- tricky, most likely the Celtics. Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that going forward. But speaking of the Celtics, let's go to that series next. Uh, the Celtics, they beat the Hawks in the first game pretty easily, um, 112-99. to The Hawks didn't make a little bit of a late run, but the Celtics build up just a massive lead. I mean, they led it halftime, 74-44. to Jason Tatum was pretty incredible, 25 points, 11 rebounds. Jalen Brown also 29 uh, and 12. So the Jays just really doing what they consistently do and have done throughout the year. Uh, Two of the best, I would say, 15 players in the NBA. Um, You know, so the Celtics roll, and I think that they are going to continue to roll. This is the only sweep I have um, in the entire playoffs. I think the Celtics are going to beat them in four. I really just think this is a bad matchup for Atlanta. Um, I mean, Trey Young yesterday shot five of 18. It's pretty tough when you have multiple really good, uh, defenders to handle Trey Young, like a Derek White, like a Marcus Smart, even, you know, maybe Jalen Brown for stretches. It's going to make it really tough on Atlanta. And I just think this is a kind of a mismatch. So I have the Celtics sweeping this series. Brandon, uh, what do you think?
1: I'm I'm with you. Celtics are sweeping. Uh, and this is I didn't even put too much thought into this. And I, I think you kind of said it best. Like I I'm just gonna piggyback on a lot of the stuff you said. But this is a terrible matchup for the Hawks. Uh, really really bad. Uh, I I don't even think any of these games will be that close. And I, obviously the Celtics are just a way better team in general. Um, you know, and they won all, uh, by this large amount, playing only eight guys. And I know they shortened the You know, the the bench a little bit in the. In the playoffs, but that's still impressive, nevertheless. Celtics have a real chance here this year, uh, Trevor, and I, I definitely expect them to compete. I don't think the, the Hawks are gonna be any trouble for them. The thing about the Hawks that I did want to mention is I actually don't even think this Hawks team is that terrible at all. I feel like they have a good selection of really solid players and some good role players. They seem to me like they're one, you know, like maybe a two, you know, a second player off winning you know can didante murray and trey young be a one-two punch that gets them over the top probably not i I see them they need to make kind of one more big move uh, and they can firmly put themselves in in the discussion of you know uh competing at least for a an eastern conference uh you know title of sorts um and you know they're they're close but they're they're not there yet and the celtics are so this series could going to be pretty quick I, i think this one will be four games we get in we get out and we get going
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Hawks, to me, the Hawks, I mean, all season, they have underachieved based on what their talent says. You look at the names on the roster, you go down the list, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins. You can keep going. The talent on this team is really good, and for them to be a seven-seed, I mean, they have just underachieved, and that to me says that the fit of this team is not really good. Uh, it's not a good one. If I was a Hawks fan, I'd be very frustrated with how the season's played out. And I think the Celtics, like I said earlier, are gonna win this series relatively easily, um, which is you know very disappointing for Atlanta. And, and we'll see again. You know, it, it's one game, so I, I guess in theory you could say, well, let's let's wait until the game the series is actually over to talk about what the Hawks are going to do in the offseason but I just really don't see uh much of a way here for Atlanta to uh to to take this series. But with that uh let's move on to a series that I think is going to be much more interesting than the Celtics Hawks one and we already had a really good game one last night. The Knicks and the Cavs. Uh the Knicks they won game 1 101 to 97. They had the lead For the majority of the game, especially the majority of the second half, or I think the entirety of the second half, pretty much, um, the Cavs did make a late run, uh, thanks to Donovan Mitchell and some heroic efforts, but the Knicks did hold on. And, you know, there's so many things we can say about this game. I know you have a lot of thoughts because you were there. Um, But I guess just like, um, you know, the first half, Jalen Brunson, he gets in foul trouble, but it, it didn't really... I mean, the Knicks still kind of held strong because Julius Randle was playing so well um, throughout. And we we saw the Cavs. For me, the, the biggest thing that I was looking at comes back to what people were saying in the preseason of like the Cavs need that fifth guy who is going to be the crunch time guy they play the small forward who can knock down threes in the corner and also be a really good defender. And they just, they don't have that guy. They had an opportunity to try to make a move at the trade deadline I I really wanted them to, Um, you know, in in a utopian universe. I was hoping that they could somehow get Macau Bridges. Obviously, I I would guess Brooklyn probably wasn't going to deal him. But that was the biggest thing last night because the Cavs, I mean, they got basically nothing from Karis LeVert. Uh, Let's see. Karis LeVert had um, one for seven, seven, only only three three points. You look at Isaac Okoro, one for six, six points. And then you have like a guy like Jetty Osman who did hit two threes, had nine points. But Jetty Osman is not a good defender. I mean, his lateral quickness is not there. We saw it on a number of possessions where Jalen Brunson either drove by him to get a little um, you know, laying off the glass or to create enough space to get a jumper off. With a defender like Isaac Okoro, he's going to do a much better job. However, obviously, Isaac Okoro shot one for six. So I understand the decision by J.B. Bickerstaff to do that. But ultimately, you know, they, they need more of a scoring punch. Other Someone other than Donovan Mitchell. Darius Garland only took a couple shots in the second half. They needed more scoring from someone other than Donovan Mitchell. And they simply did not get it last night. Uh, but Brandon, I, I want to get some of your thoughts on this game.
1: Yeah, so the Cavs game, um, I, I got a lot of thoughts, Trevor. Um, let's start with the Cavs first. The, uh, the first thing is Donovan Mitchell's pretty good at basketball. I really wanted to get that out there. I felt like it was important to say... Um, I don't know if it's said enough, but he is insanely good at basketball. However, he needs some help. We need to get this man some help, Trevor. Oh my god. I know Garland on a night-to-night basis will do better than seven for thirteen and seventeen points. I understand that. I know Mobley and Allen, um, you know, they, they, they didn't do bad at all, but they didn't do great. I understand he's gonna have some offensive help. But there's not like a super unique weapon. Uh, alongside him, like we saw with the Knicks, who have um, they have Brunson and uh, Randall, who seem super unique in the offensive department. I just don't think the Cavs have that punch. That not only do they not have that, they are not deep at all. They have extreme trouble um, going to the bench. We saw multiple times during this game, and I think it's going to be a big problem for the Cavs this entire series, where Randall or Brunson were able to sit for large periods of time. I mean, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley all played more minutes than Randall and Brunson. Uh, I mean, Brunson only played 30 minutes in this game. He was pretty well rested. You look at the guys on the bench. Josh Hart played 33. Obi Toppin played 14. Hart and Seed played 22. Quickly played 24. Uh, the Cavs bench played 7, 19, 6, and 18. Um, and they would have combined minus 8 uh, versus the Knicks bench then when I combined plus, let's do some quick math here, 31, plus 13, 44, all right? So I just think that the Cavs are really going to struggle when the Knicks get this type of lead, where they're able to sit Robert, or excuse me, uh, Randall or Brunson for a period of time. I mean, Brunson barely played in the first half. He got in foul trouble in both quarters, and they sat him for the whole half pretty much. He had like 10 points. After the first quarter, um, or excuse me, first half, he, he barely had any points. So, like, I just think that, I mean, Brunson was an unstoppable force, and then when he's able to sit and be fully rested, um, it's just kind of a ridiculous situation. We actually saw, and Trevor, I mentioned this before we started the podcast, um, there was a point in time in the third quarter where the Cavs went on, like, a little bit of a run, and they were down by, like, a point or three points, and then the Knicks got, like, a nice turnover and a bucket, and the Bickerstaff called a timeout. Um, when they were up five or when the Knicks were up five points, and it seemed like Brunson was about to go back in. Um, then they didn't put Brunson back in. Randall was still on the floor. They didn't put him back in, and then the Knicks scored two quick baskets, made it back up to nine. And then Brunson sat for like four or five more minutes. So that would have been something that really would have helped is having Brunson not sitting in on the court, uh playing which obviously it would have helped the Knicks because he's good, but it would also help the Cavs because they, they were just letting him rest. And they called this timeout that gave him more rest in a time that they just didn't need to call a timeout. And I'm not seeing Biggers have to do a good job. I mean, the Cavs clawed their way back. They played like one minute of good basketball uh, towards the end, um, and they kind of clawed their way back into it. But the Knicks just seem like the better basketball team. Um, and honestly, Trevor, this reflects in my prediction. I think the Knicks take this in six. I would have had the Knicks in seven before this game, but this game, I felt like the Cavs... The Cavs are so bad, um, not at home. They're just not a good away team. Uh, so I, I thought that the uh, the Knicks had a chance if they could steal one game here, um, and they did just that. And it seems that uh, the the Cavs are a little bit... They're in a little bit of trouble here. They need some other players besides Donovan Mitchell scoring the basketball at the capacity. Uh, that they need them to, so I- I'm taking the Knicks six, Trevor, which I know is a bold prediction.
0: Yeah, so so my prediction before this game was was Cavs over Knicks six. Um, I'm going to stick with it just because, you know, I, I don't want to change. I'm going to stick with it. But obviously there's, you know, a number of things that the Cavs are going to need to do better. Like you said, they need a scoring punch from someone else other than Donovan Mitchell. And I think that Garland—and Garland was efficient. He just didn't take enough shots. Garland could have uh, taken more shots, so I would like to see him be more aggressive. And I think even more important than that—and again, this doesn't this isn't all Garland's fault— because I think the other guys just were missing shots, but he only had one assist. I mean, when do we see Darius Garland ever have one assist? It's very rare. you know. I think he averages about around 9, 10 assists on the season, something like that. So pretty rare to see Garland only have one assist. That's a big issue. Obviously, the Knicks got so many offensive rebounds at critical moments. We saw uh, the rebound that they had in the last minute of the game. There was a critical offensive rebound. And the Cavs really did have a lot of opportunities. They were, um, you know, the Knicks were, were pretty sloppy with the ball. They were turning it over. And then the Cavs just, I mean, they missed so many. Uh, well, number one, they they shot pretty bad in general. But they missed so many easy layups, I thought. I mean, I think Mobley missed a couple like easy ones uh, and kind of saw it across the board. So, like I said before, it comes back to the same thing. The Cavs need uh, production well, scoring in general, but particularly I'm looking at uh, that that other wing that's going to help that fifth guy because I get like, yeah, Mobley was 4-13. He could have certainly play, played better offensively. Sure, I agree, but I'm still looking at who is going to step up as that fifth guy. Is it going to be – it doesn't have to be the same guy every night. It doesn't, but it has to be Okoro or Lavert or Jetty or – you know, Dean Wade. It has to be one of those guys um, that's gonna need to put in production um, in a game, and obviously the defensive rebounding is gonna be key. I saw I saw a lot of people blaming the Cavs bigs, Jared Allen and Mobley, for this. I think it's just in team in general. You know, sometimes rebounding, especially when it's long rebounds. You know, if you if the opposing team's taking threes, the rebounds are long. It's it's a group effort. It's not just mobley and allen i mean allen had 14 rebounds mobley had 11 but what about these other guys how come like darius garland didn't get a single rebound mitchell had five um you know jetty osman had one cora had three like these guys could all do a better job of group rebounding i think for the Cavs, and they're going to need more of that in order to win this series but i'm excited i mean i'm i'm not a Cavs fan obviously because i live in the area now i think it'd be awesome for the city i would, would love to see the Cavs win the series um but they have to do better in some of these aspects and i haven't even talked a lot about the knicks so i should do that um as well because they you know i can't give enough credit to jalen brunson how well he played in the second half because he was sitting for a lot of the first half he I mean, I think he only played, what, 30 minutes in general. But when he was out there, it seemed like every basket he made was a big one. And he made a number of really tough buckets. And he also, uh, when he when Jetty was on him, he, you know, he, he kind of uh, destroyed Jetty a couple times, blew past him a couple times. And then the other guy that I think must be mentioned is Josh Hart. Josh Hart is just, and I've, I've loved Josh Hart for a while. I loved him at Villanova. He just makes so many winning plays. And that's the easiest way to sum it up. He makes winning plays. There's a, a long rebound. Somehow he'll get it, get a put back. Um, you know, he made what? He, he was 8 of 11 from the field. So Josh Hart, he's just a big time performer. And I think more, more than this just being a win for the Knicks, I think this is a win for Villanova basketball, Brandon, because Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart were both phenomenal last night.
1: Bro, my, my dad and I were discussing this walking out of the arena. The Villanova basketball program has produced so many high-level basketball players like this who are just good, solid players. Like, like they're, they're not necessarily going to be a top you know three player in the NBA, but they, they are such solid players on, like, championship-level basketball teams. Not necessarily saying the Knicks are a championship-level basketball team, but it just seems like wherever Villanova basketball players go, there's success that follows. Um, And I'm going to stand by that one for sure. So, yeah, I'm still taking the Knicks in six, Trevor. I mean, we'll have to see how it goes, but uh, this was a very fun game to attend.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to uh, the final series where we have seen a game played. And this game, oh, man, this was a thriller. The Kings beat the Warriors in game one, 126-123 last night. Really awesome game by De'Aaron Fox. 38 points, 5 assists. Uh, he was 50% from the field, 50% from three. So just first off, you know, De'Aaron Fox, uh, just shout out to him. That was an incredible performance in his debut. This was his first playoff game of his career, and he showed out in a big way. 38 points is, is nuts uh, in, in a playoff game for your debut. So really good game from Fox. Uh, You had a really good contribution from Malik Monk. And here we talked about the Villanova guys, but for Sacramento, it's the Kentucky guys because you have Fox and Malik Monk who played together at Kentucky. Uh, Fox with 38, and Monk had 32 off the bench, 8 of 13 from the field. So really good game from both of them. Again, uh, you know, Sabonis, 60 rebounds, 12 points. He added in contributions. And this was a thriller. You know, the Warriors, they had a decent lead they kind of went on a run to end the second quarter and then they kind of had a pretty good start the third quarter too and I thought I really felt like the Warriors were going to win this game I just had a feeling like when I was watching late second quarter into that early third quarter they were up I think at different points it was around like a six to eight point lead and it felt like the Warriors just kind of had it. Andrew Wiggins was playing pretty well at that point. Obviously he didn't finish the game so well and he didn't shoot it well in general, but it felt like the Warriors were going to win it. And then Sacramento, you know, kind of a stretch of like late third into like early to mid fourth played really well. Obviously Fox was incredible, hit so many tough shots. And for the Warriors, I mean, Steph played really well. He had a number of Wildly difficult shots like he does, you know, just just typical Steph Curry performance. 30 points, six rebounds, uh hit six threes. Um, but some of these other guys did not shoot it so well. Andrew Wiggins only made one three out of his eight. Um Klay Thompson was okay, but again, they, they didn't get quite enough. And this is this is how this series is gonna be played. It's gonna be a shootout, obviously a very high-scoring game in this one, 126, 123. And that's going to be how it's going to be, I think, for a lot of this series. And I'm just excited to see going forward. Um, in this one, I predicted the Warriors to win the series in seven. But man, I, I really think this is such a toss-up. I think a lot of people probably just expect the Warriors to win. But I don't know. I, I am predicting the Warriors to win in seven, despite last night. But it's going to be such a good series, Brandon. Uh, but, but what do you think?
1: I, I think this one I might be most excited for. Uh, this might be the series that I think has one of the more hyped uh, storylines around it. Obviously, we have the Warriors, this storied franchise over the past I don't know ten seasons, right? Um, and we have the Kings, who are this like young underdog like team that has Coach of the Year De'Aaron Fox is one of my personal favorite players. I really want the Kings to win, Trevor. And as we all know on this podcast, I've never been biased once, right? Like I've I've I don't have biased takes. Oh yeah, uh, for example. For sure. I thought LeBron should have won MVP or should win MVP. <laughs> Every season. That's not bias. That's that's simply a fact. Um, and my bias will not be showing here. No matter how much I want uh, the Kings to win, um, there's no bias. I, I can't possibly put that in there and that's why i'm taking the sacramento kings to win this series trevor they are going to win it in seven all right it's going to be on a buzzer beater in the seventh game we're putting all the drama into this story we're writing the perfect book we're packaging it it's going to be a new york times bestseller or seven times over this king's season mike brown coach of the year Knicks are pulling this one off at seven trevor you heard the prediction here first
0: Kings, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm very excited for the rest of this series because Game 1 was such a thriller, such an incredible game. Yeah. So I'm I'm just so excited to see it going forward. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned Mike Brown. Mike Brown should absolutely – he's he's a frontrunner. I, I would be surprised if anyone other than him wins Coach of the Year, um, and he deserves it. Oh, I thought he's, he did win it. No, so they, they announced the finalists. They haven't announced who the winner is yet, but I would – I would be very surprised if he didn't win it. Everyone mm. who I hear that has a vote usually says Mike Brown, and I think it's a pretty easy right, choice right, right. for him to win it. So, yeah, that, that's kind of that series. We'll see how that goes going forward. But let's talk about you know the four other series that we will be seeing game one of today. Um, let's start off – I guess we'll just go in chronological order. Let's go to the Lakers-Grizzlies series. Um, yeah. This game is at 3 Eastern time today on ABC obviously the primetime spot there and I'm I, I couldn't I be more excited for this series I think it's going to be an awesome series obviously we had a little bit of uh you know I guess I don't know if you'd call it beef or or what you would call it from a game earlier in the season but this is going to be an incredible series I am going to predict the Grizzlies to win the series in seven games I think it's going to go seven I do think the Grizzlies are going to hold on now with the Lakers, the thing has – I mean, when you have a player like – when you have a 38-year-old player like LeBron who, you know, throughout his career has been a model of durability. He stayed so durable. But over the past couple of years, it's been a little bit different. And then Anthony Davis, obviously we know, is, is not um, <laughs> very durable in general. So I always worry about the injuries with them. Now, maybe it doesn't take effect this series and maybe they're able to win it. I wouldn't be shocked at all if that's the case. But at some point, I feel like there's a chance it could. Um, Additionally, you know, I'm looking at some of these other role players for the Lakers like Jared Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley. I I think it's obviously it's been shown that it's been an improvement for the Lakers based on or compared to what they had previously. Uh, with some of the other pieces. Obviously, Austin Reeves, he's been very good as well. I still just think that the Grizzlies are a more well-rounded team. I mean, when you have uh, the, the depth that they have on the on the Grizzlies, on top of having John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson kind of anchoring that starting lineup, um, Jaron Jackson anchoring the defense, I think they're a deeper team, um, and I do think they're a better team overall than the Lakers. The Lakers still might win. Again, you have LeBron. A.D.'s been out of his... You know, out of this world, he's been really good uh, over the past couple of months for the Lakers. But I do think the Grizzlies are going to pull off this series. I still I still think the Grizzlies are being a little bit underrated in general, looking at betting numbers, looking at the odds, hearing, listening to different podcasts. I think the Grizzlies are a little bit underrated at the moment, and I do think they are going to outlast the Lakers.
1: Yeah, so a couple things here. Again, I I simply have never been biased once on this podcast. So I mean, everyone knows that whatever I'm about to say is, is just the truth. Um, it's going to come out as the truth, and it's exactly what I believe. And here's the thing: we all know I'm a big LeBron fan. Um, I I did just say I thought he should win MVP. Um, which is obviously the correct uh, thought process. But let's let's break it down here for a second, Trevor. Um, obviously the Grizzlies are the uh the the home team they get four home games. This year the Grizzlies, do you know have many uh, home games they've lost? I do not. <laughs> they have only lost six home games, right? Um and here's the thing. Uh you know, you look at the series, you look at the, the upcoming games that the the Lakers would have to have to win it. Um you know, and if they obviously if they win in four, that'd be crazy. Um it, but they'd have to they'd have to win two away games. Um so essentially they had to make the Grizzlies lose 33% more of what they have already lost in home games. So that's a big, tall tale. Um, But that's going to happen. Lakers in four. This isn't even going to be close. No. Would you like to know why it's not going to be close, Trevor? Because one team has the greatest basketball player of all time, and that is LeBron Raymond James. All right? He's going to destroy everyone, and the Lakers are winning in four.
0: In four.
1: In four. They're sweeping. My second sweep of the the day. Come on, you don't actually Four. believe that.
0: You don't actually believe that. <laughs>
1: no, 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 I don't. I don't. All right, I, I, the real prediction. Um, I, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Grizzlies in six. I think the Lakers will have some fight, um, but the Grizzlies are are just a better basketball team. If we're being honest, if the Lakers are healthy, they definitely can put up a good fight. I think they'll take a couple games. I mean, again, when you have LeBron, Anthony Davis, um, I mean, that's a really good duo, um, and it's it's gonna be tough for for them to to really compete. Um, against this Grizzlies team, who's probably just a little bit better, um so I think the Grizzlies in six, which I think is a, a much more reasonable <laughs> call. But if the Lakers do win in four, I am gonna tout that I said it first.
0: Okay, that works. um Yeah, that sounds good uh, with that series. It's gonna be super fun. If if I was thinking about so the series that I'm I love the most, I mean it's close. There's really three series. It's the Grizzlies, Lakers, the Warriors, Kings, and the Cavs, Knicks. Those are the three best ones. The other ones I think are pretty. I, I think it's a pretty easy call, all of the other series, on who's gonna win. But I think those three are all fantastic. Um but let's move on to the next one we have here. Uh that's gonna be Heat and Bucks. Um you know, I, I think it's gonna be a tough go for for my Heat. I really do. I have them getting one game at home, but I think the Bucks are gonna win this in five it's just it's so tough at times for the Heat to score. Um, you know, they gotta rely a lot on Jimmy Butler. And I know like you had Max Struz, he had a really good game against Chicago, but that's just that's such a rarity. It really is. It's it's not gonna happen very often. And against a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, on top of having I mean the Milwaukee Bucks have one of the best defenses in the league. They have Giannis, they have Brooke Lopez and they have Drew Holiday. All I mean those are like you can make an argument that all three of those guys are going to make an all defensive team. That's how real. That's how good um, of a defensive team they have. And with Miami, a team that you know relies on Jimmy Butler, you know ISO, you know Bam pick and roll, Tyler Hero making plays off the dribble, and then just lousy three point shooting overall. One of the worst, if not the worst, three point shooting time team in the NBA. It's going to be very difficult for the Miami Heat here. I think the Bucks will be, uh, you know, just—I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat averaged like— like if the Heat average like 90 points a game in this series, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think they're going to have such a difficult time scoring in the ball, um, and, and I think the Bucs are going to win this one pretty easy.
1: Yeah, this is a, this is a clean sweep for the Bucs. Uh, the Heat—I mean, we talked about this—the uh, Heat— are just not that great. They're not bad. They're not that bad. Uh, but the Bucks are a front runner, um, and they've only lost nine games at home. Um, so gonna be a tough one for the Heat. Uh, and I think this will be a clean sweep. Bucks get out in four. They move on. GG.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it, it just kind of is what it is. Uh, the Heat didn't really make any moves. Uh, the deadline or in the off season, um, you know they they got they got worse. They lost PJ Tucker. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the next series. Um, the next one is Clippers Suns. Uh, this the first game tonight, eight p.m. Eastern time on TNT. So I mean, I don't know Paul George. He he's not supposed to be playing tonight. We don't know when he's going to return. Obviously if they don't have Paul George, they really don't have a shot. And even with him, I still think the Suns are winning the series. I, I don't we don't have like a definite timeline on if or when Paul George will return. You know, it, it seems pretty it seems almost certain that he's not playing today. Um I have Suns winning the series in five games. Um I just think that it's gonna be too much for the Clippers. I mean you know, they have Kawhi, I get that. But other than that, you're relying on guys. If you don't have Paul George, you have to rely on a guy like a Norman Powell. Um, You know, it's just not a great situation for the Clippers. And I haven't really been confident in the Clippers all season. I don't really, even if they had Paul George, I don't have a ton of faith in them. So I think the Suns will take this series in five. The combination of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, it's just, it's just unstoppable honestly like it's it's such a good combo it's much better in my opinion than the Durant Kyrie combo and on top of that you got a guy in Chris Paul who you know the scoring isn't quite what it was the defense isn't quite what it used to be Um, but he's still able to distribute the ball um, and set up those other two guys on top of you know having DeAndre eight in there so I think the Suns take this one in five uh Brandon what, what are some of your thoughts on this series
1: I, I'm with you. I, I think that Suns take this in five. I don't think this will be you know a super great series, uh, to be honest. I think uh, the Suns having Booker and Durant, it's going to be a, a mess in the West. Um, I'm actually really interested to see how far this Suns team goes, um, because I feel like, I mean, wouldn't you say their potential is, I mean, their potential has got to be a championship, right?
0: Yeah, it, it definitely is. And the, the only counterpoint to that is that we've, never seen that we've never seen anything like this where a team trades for their best player and then goes and wins a title. So this would be unprecedented if the Suns go and win a title. Um, it's it's one of the biggest reasons why I still have my hesitancies. But when we've seen them play, when, when Kevin Durant and Devin Booker have been on the floor together, I don't think they've lost. I think they're like 8-0 you know, Durant, I think this season, I think since November, there was some, I forget exactly what it is, but I think Durant's like 20 and two or something since like late November or something like that. So he's been really good. And I just, I've seen, I I know it's been a limited uh, sample size. I know it's only eight games, but I feel like I have enough uh, to not only pick the Suns to win the series, but I think I have seen enough to pick them to win the West. Now, you know, I guess I didn't say we were going to make our finals predictions, but my finals prediction for the past week now has been Milwaukee over Phoenix. I still think Milwaukee is, is the best team. Um, they have the most, um, you know, the most chemistry. They have the best player. But I think I've seen enough from Phoenix now where I do think they will win the West. Um, and this series, I don't really think it's going to be all that close.
1: Interesting. So you really think, you think that they have a very, very good shot of winning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, assuming they play the Nuggets, I think that's going to be a really big battle. It's going to be a big test for Phoenix. Um, Certainly, you know, figuring out how to guard Jokic and guard that Denver offense is going to be difficult for them. Um, But I think I would probably pick them to win that series and get to the, you know, get all the way to the finals. But we'll have to see what happens. Obviously, they're another team like the Lakers where you always got to keep in the back of your mind. Like if an injury happens, it's going to change the situation drastically, not just a little bit. It's going to be a a drastic change if a Durant or a Booker goes down with an injury. And that completely changes the outlook, obviously. But yeah, I have sons in this series. Um, But yeah, Brandon, if you don't have any other thoughts on this series, we can move on to the last one um which is the uh Denver Nuggets and Minnesota Timberwolves um you know the T-Wolves they they get the seed. they beat the Thunder in the play in game obviously pretty convincingly um I might add a really good solid showing against the Thunder 120 to 95 and now here they're going to go up against the Denver Nuggets I think it's going to be really tough um well, I mean just in general for any team it's tough to guard Jokic but I think for Minnesota it's going to be obviously that's kind of what Rudy Gobert is there for he's supposed to be the guy that's going to you know be a really good uh defender on Nikola Jokic but obviously Nikola Jokic is one of the best passers in the league not just as a big but in general so this is it's an interesting matchup i think the wolves may make it interesting in a couple games um if if Anthony Edwards plays up to his potential but Anthony Edwards, you know, I, I expected him to have a really big jump this year. I don't think it, he's cl- been quite as good as I maybe had hoped. Um, I think he's been pretty inconsistent. So that's going to make it tough for Denver. I mean, he's, he's really going to have to go off in in any game that they win against Denver. Because Denver's going to put up points. That's what they do. Jamal Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. They're going to put up points. Overall in the series, I have the Nuggets taking it in five games. Brandon, uh, what do you think? Um, let's
1: see. I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves forty-two and forty. Nuggets fifty-three twenty-nine. Nuggets only lost seven games at home. Uh, they have Nikola Jokic. Uh, potential MVP candidate. Do I think this is even gonna be that good of a series? No, Trevor, I do not. Nuggets are gonna win this one pretty easily. I'll take the Nuggets in five. Respect the Timberwolves a little bit. Respect Anthony Edwards. He's averaging almost 25 a game. I'll let I'll give the the Wolves a game. Uh but the Nuggets take this one in five. It won't even be that close.
0: Yeah and so we'll we'll see you know that game is a late game. We were talking before the podcast I don't know why the schedule's set up like this. That game starts at 10 30 Eastern Uh, a little little too late for me a little past my bedtime maybe I'll maybe I'll record it and watch it tomorrow morning I don't know Um, but a late start there I'm excited for all of the games today um, particularly that Lakers Grizzlies game at three that one's gonna be uh, I think a fantastic game so I'm just so excited you know playoff basketball so cool it's it's awesome obviously I, I look forward to it every year and, you know, that, that's going to be most of my day. It's going to be relaxing and watching uh, some NBA playoffs. Right, right.
1: Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll kind of wrap up the pod there for today, Trevor. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss before we get out of here?
0: No, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I think our schedule, as far as our podcast, is probably going to change after today. It's um, going to be changing. We're recording obviously normally. We always record on Sundays. That's probably going to have to change. Um, we're thinking either Monday night or Tuesday night. Uh, but obviously, more to come on that. And also, yes. you know, we we miss Ben. We hope he will return next. Um, next has got to return. Yeah, he'll, he'll be back next week to, to make fun of Brandon and, you know, come on and uh, blast some of his takes. And obviously NFL Draft coming up, one of your favorite things, Brandon. Um, so I know you're getting ready for that, watching some of the prospects. The
1: very best. The, the absolute best, I should say. Um, and we are excited for that on this podcast. But look, I think we'll wrap it up there for today. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. As always, uh, go follow us on Twitter at TheSmallBaller. Keep you up to date with all of our podcasts. Go check out our website, TheSmallBallers.com. Uh, all those links will be in the description. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.
0: Go Falcons!